BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. Shall I take your order, or do you need a minute? Yes, I'll be ready. Just buying a car on Carvana. What? It's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. What? That's handy. Yeah. Now I'm customizing my down and monthly payments. What? That's an exquisite deal. And just like that, Carvana's delivering my car in a couple days. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, Sorry, I'll have the burrito. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show, Monday edition of the program. Congratulations to the Eagles and to the Chiefs advancing to the Super Bowl. Novak Djokovic, we'll probably talk about that at some point wins the Australian Open in a victory for everyone who has refused to get the COVID shot because it is worthless. But good news to start on Monday. There were significantly no riots of consequence in the wake of the Tyree Nichols video release around 6 p.m. Central on Friday afternoon, evening, across the country. I know there were some small scattered flare-ups, but by and large, everything remained, for the most part, peaceful. And that is a very good thing because the fear was that once more the summer of 2020 rioting would unspool across the nation. Now, Buck, what I would argue here is that's because ultimately Black Lives Matter only gets angry when black lives are impacted and white people are involved in those lives being taken. Um, And therefore, it's really not Black Lives Matter. It's Black Lives Matter in the parenthetical when white people are involved in black death. Because when the video came out, this video to me was far worse, and the videos, I should say, of these five police officers in Memphis, what they did to Tyree Nichols was far worse to me than what happened to George Floyd on video. And if you consider that, while you might be upset about George Floyd's interaction with the police and the way it went and believe it was criminal, as it has been proven to be, There was a reason police were called because George Floyd was trying to pass a counterfeit bill and he was also on drugs. So police were specifically requested. In this situation with Tyree Nichols, there does not seem to have been, Buck, any reason for the initial police stop to have taken place. And all of the violence that ensued since, to me, is far worse than what we saw happen to George Floyd. Yet, and I would submit this is the reason, because it was five black police officers, there was virtually no riot. The media has tried to argue, and will play, CNN, MSNBC, the like, have tried to argue, oh, this is still an example of white supremacy, but most people just simply don't believe it. And so it's a positive sign that there was no rioting, pillaging, looting, so to speak, Buck, But also, this just further epitomizes, because the video was as bad or worse than I anticipated it was going to be, 
that really they can only mobilize when there are white people that are involved in misbehavior or potential criminal allegations. I, I think we should have the discussion about police and policing now that that they always say now is the time for reform or now is the time to do something about law enforcement let's look at the reality of law enforcement in memphis right now let's let's understand what's actually going on as we said last friday before the video was out before we had seen it uh, because the show ended prior to the release they wanted to get rid of this uh, scorpion unit that was the initial call um, so they're focusing in on an anti-violent crime unit in the Memphis PD. What's the reality of the Memphis Police Department in recent years? It can, ha- it has a very hard time getting people to sign up to want to be cops in Memphis. Yeah. So hard that in fact the Memphis Police Department in a less brutality, more diversity initiative, by the way, decided that they were going to change standards dramatically for who could be a police officer in Memphis. They even were willing to give felony waivers. That has been confirmed. New York Post had this up. Felony waivers for cops. Oh, you're convicted of a felony? Well, we really need cops in Memphis right now because nobody wants to sign up for this. I mean, they were giving, uh, they were giving $15,000 bonus up front. They waived that you had to have even an associate's degree if you just had a few years of work experience. They're desperate for cops. Why are they desperate for cops in a city like Memphis? Well, let's take a moment, shall we? If you're a law enforcement officer in the last few years in this country, in a high crime area where a lot of the crime is disproportionately, uh, you know, committed by minorities, if you're in that community, do you feel like you're going to be backed up when things get rough as a law enforcement officer? No, you don't. So very few people will go up to sign up. The kind of people that you want to sign up aren't doing it. And so what you have is a lowering of standards and then a tragic incident like this occurs and they say, you know what we should do? Let's ban more police units. Let's blame the cops even more instead of looking at these cops did something bad. What's going on structurally within the police department overall? I mean, to talk about a difference in training. Okay, here's one thing. I Very noticeable, Clay. A lot of people pointed this out. I think they said there were 71 commands given over yes. the course of, of the video. I wrote in 2017 about an incident in uh, Mesa, Arizona, with a man named Daniel Shaver. Daniel, this was all on video. And I remember I, I, I was very uh, upset by this case because a white cop with a rifle, in my opinion, executed a guy in... Obviously, that video on, is up for people who have not seen it. It's very difficult to watch. I mean, this guy is... And the white, the, the victim here was white. He, the cop was, was charged with murder. A jury inexplicably, in my mind, yep. let the cop off. But because they, the, the whole thing hinged on whether or not Daniel Shaver was complying. Well, he, first of all, he did absolutely nothing wrong. He, they, he had a BB gun in his, in his hotel room, which he was legally allowed to have. Someone called the cops. They ran into the cops came into the hallway. The guy who shot him had etched into his AR-15, you know, like, uh, you know, you're dead or you're going to die. I mean, the guy's not somebody you want to be a police officer, obviously. And he starts barking commands like, you know, put your put your hands behind your head, put your put your feet together, crawl toward me, keep your hand. I mean, if you didn't have a gun pointed at you, yeah, you wouldn't be, be able to, to do follow. This. You wouldn't be able to follow. You'd be like, what are you talking about? The guy's. Yeah. But then it's, oh, he's not obeying commands. And he just. He just 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 shoots the guy. I mean, yeah, it's an execution. It's on video, but he's white and the victim's white. So Clay, was there national outrage about it? I wrote about it at, at the hill dot com at the time. The story went viral, but was there a big conversation about it? CNN? No, no, because there wasn't a racial angle. Well, guess what? Looking at commands that police officers give and the training they're in might actually be a really useful thing. Might have actually prevented some tragic incidents later on but didn't get the attention it needed. So if you want to talk about training right now, yeah, what are the protocols? I mean, when when they're telling Tyree Nichols, for example, comply, and he is, it looks like, Attempting complying. to comply, yes. He's trying to comply. Cops need to know the second that someone is complying and you're shouting comply and hitting him, you are engaging in police brutality. But, you know, the, 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 I have never even heard the comply discussion uh, at the national level about meaning 
how cops should be trained to escalate through that process and not say, you're not doing what I want, so now I'm going to beat you or even shoot you. But instead, it's always get rid of the unit, it's racism, the usual thing. I would love to hear from cops out there who listen to us, and we have a ton of those listeners who have watched this video and what they thought about what they saw. 800-282-2882. Buck, over half of the Memphis police force is black. Um, All five of these officers that were charged with murder are black. Yet, there has been a desperate attempt to try to tie this to white supremacy, which just hasn't worked. And, uh, I mean, it's gone across the board. I mean, we've got uh, audio here from a couple of these different guys that I thought uh, would make sense. But the thing that I would say for all of you out there to think about is we've lost on the left wing. They have lost the ability to analyze individual decisions and hold individuals responsible for the choices that they make, white, black, Asian, Hispanic, whoever you are, ultimately we are all responsible for our own individual decisions. Uh, And Eric Adams says, uh, who's a former police captain, says racism was involved in the beating of Tyree Nichols to death. Let's play cut four. Chief C.J. Davis, when in my interview with her, she said that all the officers being black, it takes race off the table. Do you agree with that? No, I don't. I think that I understand what the chief was saying, and I think she really handled this situation in a very professional way. She moved swiftly. She ensured that those officers were removed from the department. She took all the necessary steps. But I think race is still on the table. When a culture of policing historically has treated those from different groups differently, even when the individuals are from that same group, that culture can still exist. And we have to zero in on it, being honest about it, and making sure that we properly train police for the realities of the cities that they are policing in. Okay, so Eric Adams wants to run for president potentially in 2024, and he's arguing that race is involved in this case. When you hear that, Buck, what do you think? His analysis is is nonsense. His analysis is what the left and the Democrats want to hear in this moment. Look, you and I expected the video to show police brutality, and yes. it did. It yes. was police brutality. No one is Tough in favor of this. No one supports this. It should be condemned. It should be prosecuted. It makes cops' jobs harder. But cops, there's hundreds, I think there's 700,000 plus sworn law enforcement officers in this country. There are going to be a handful within that, you know, almost yep. a million who are bad people who do bad things or who cross the line or who in a moment of rage or whatever have a failing that is unacceptable and needs to be criminally prosecuted. And I just think that, you know, when they say things like this, when they say things like this, I, I just sent to Ali. I mean, I know it's an old, uh, it's an older story, but I mentioned this. We'll, we'll put it up at clayandbuck.com, a link to the video and, and the analysis I did at the time. This was 2017 now, going back uh, six years, Clay, of Daniel, the Daniel Shaver incident. Every time something like this happens and it happens to be involving a black man does not mean that it is racism this also happens to non-black individuals in this country daniel shaver was one of them and i i would argue you know that the daniel shaver incident was as bad as this actually uh i i you know it's it's the the, both individuals died but daniel shaver i mean there was there was no um, you know, there, there were, it was lethal force used in an, in an incident where there absolutely should not have been. I'm not, this is not what aboutism. It's just contextualization of this stuff happens and to always make it about race when there's obviously no clear correlation. There's no clear race angle does a disservice to the conversation we're supposed to have about how one, what does justice look like for his family? And two, what can we do now? 75%. Of people who are shot by police are white, Asian, or Hispanic. 75%. Uh, you never hear about any of those incidents. By the way, most people who are shot by police are violent felons who are engaging in violent behavior. But sometimes police fail. You know, that they've buried it, but there was a study done by a Harvard economist a few years yes. back about who is more likely, in when they control for the kind of incident you're talking about, is it more likely that cops will shoot a 
a white individual or a black individual in a police-involved incident with, with similar circumstances. And the economists found that it was clear that the cops are actually more likely to shoot a white individual. And the thesis was because they know if they shoot an individual who's black and the circumstances are murky at all, or it's a close call at all, their life is ruined. They may go to prison the rest of their lives. That's right. It's a great study. Uh, I read that study as well. Uh, we'll talk, take your calls, continue to discuss uh, Clay and Buck here, 800-282-2882. We got to tell you, look, how many of you are really that comfortable that you're always going to be able to go to the grocery store and buy what you need? Well, if you need a baby formula, if you needed eggs, if you needed toilet paper over the past couple of years, you've probably been into the grocery store and not been able to find what you want. Why not go ahead and provide food insurance for your family? You probably got health insurance, hopefully. You probably got car insurance, hopefully. Probably got home insurance, hopefully. Maybe life insurance. All of those things you're doing to try to provide for safety and security of your family. But do you have food insurance? We do in the Travis household. Thanks to my Patriot Supply. Dot com. We have a three-month emergency food kit with a fantastic new lower price you guys can all take advantage of. You can trust My Patriot Supply. We do in the Travis household because we have a three-month emergency food kit. Great-tasting breakfast, lunch, dinners, drinks, snacks. Averages over 2,000 calories a day. It's one kit for every member of your family. Makes great sense. And that's why you can go to MyPatriotSupply.com right now and save $200 on your three-month emergency food kit while you can. They ship fast and free. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. Again, that phone number, MyPatriotSupply.com. Do what we did in the Travis household. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. Sanity in an insane world. The Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton Show. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com news and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com news. Identity theft protection starts here. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that, free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fees, just a Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and a top-tier data security system. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk will connect you to the most dependable 5G network in America, for half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. The average size family saves almost $1,000 a year. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. 
Just go to puretalk.com slash buck and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash buck to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Welcome back to Play and Buck. We have been told a lot of things about the uh, war in Ukraine in the last year or so. And there has been obviously a celebrity component of all of this. You had uh, famous Hollywood actors, Ben Stiller and uh, Sean Penn, among others, go over to visit with Zelensky. He has spoken via, did, did he speak at, was it the Oscars or the, what, what was the, didn't he speak at, that, that's happening soon, right? I think was he, he was, was he at the Emmys? The I, Emmys, I think they just right? had the, the Emmys. Emmys. Yeah. yeah. So, so whenever you're having, when big, important international people uh, you know, international event happens, you know, Davos, whatever. You gotta, you gotta pipe in Zelensky via Skype, wearing the t-shirt, the whole thing. He spoke to, uh, he spoke to our Congress, if you remember, and in the, uh, uh, obviously recently the Biden administration invited him. And this has become, we're supposed to believe a cause of righteousness that also is something that we should be very invested, literally quite invested in as we are paying the bills here you are paying the bills uh to the tune of a hundred billion dollars for this year um right now we're having a conversation in this country about 31 trillion dollars of debt uh, national debt is quite high i think by anyone's standard 31 trillion dollars a lot of money we're sending a hundred billion dollars to ukraine we're told that this is a good investment this is something that we both are morally obligated to do and strategically benefit from. That is the consensus position of the foreign policy elites, whatever you think of them, the Biden administration, a lot of Republicans, too. There are a lot of Republicans who are on board for this. I'm just going to point out that right now there are some people who are whispering and increasingly, I think, going to start shouting that Russia is planning a massive offensive with new conscripts this is a, a war unlike any the U.S. has fought in recent decades. This is, uh, this is, you know, tanks against tanks. This is dug in fighting positions, advanced militaries, uh, slugging it out. And the Russian escalation clay is already leading to Zelensky demanding faster provision. It's not even enough to just get him all the munitions and pay all the bills. We have to get him faster stuff. We're sending Abrams tanks as we know. The Germans are sending leopard tanks. Now there's conversation ongoing about an, an even more advanced weapons uh, missile system that we could send to Ukraine to extend their range of being able to hit the Russians. We're back to the when are we going to start providing planes? And here's the problem. A lot of military analysts, I think, Clay, are starting to see that there is there doesn't there is no reality of Ukraine defeating russia in any short period of time that doesn't seem possible or plausible at all so are we just going to commit to sending never mind the possibility of escalation and and what could happen if that it feels like we're not even supposed to talk about that uh, but a hundred billion dollars a year should the american people pay a hundred billion dollars a year for ukraine to fight russia for the next five years is that is that a good usage of american uh treasure I would argue no, uh, particularly because, as you mentioned, we're now over $31 trillion in debt, and the debt uh, interest alone is continuing to eat up a higher and higher percentage of that which we are going to be obligated to pay. But also, with the now adding tanks, the next step will be, well, should we bring in some old aircraft? It seems to me like we are continuing to tiptoe into an escalating conflict. And, you know, the idea last year at this time, I bet, Buck, if you had floated the idea, hey, we need to send as many tanks as we can to Ukraine, I think most people would have said, ah, that's a little bit too much. And now we're sending tanks, and there doesn't even hardly seem to be a debate at all about whether that's appropriate or whether it further uh, embeds us in this battle and i would just point out that american uh responses very often to foreign interests are based on the idea of hey they sent the weapons that they are using to kill us 
right? One of the reasons we took out Soleimani was because he was involved in helping to provide the material to allow the the wounding, maiming, and killing of American troops. So he if was, you are thinking about this yeah. from the Russian perspective, would you be like, oh, those aren't Americans in the tanks? Those are just American tanks? Would that distinction really start to matter to you? Or if you're Russia, are you like, oh, America's now in this war against us? And that next step of adding planes, at some point the materials are substantial enough that you have to almost consider yourself to be an enemy combatant. And we should probably think about that before we find out the hard way what that red line may be. There's not even be. a debate about and the tanks, Buck. Have you seen anybody say, hey, nope. I don't know, that's an, that's an escalation. I don't know that we need to take that step. And the fact that we've gone from we're just going to provide certain things and there'll be limitations on it to now we're sending Abrams tanks and we've we might be sending even more advanced uh self-propelled our artillery and, and, and missile systems. At what point are we just going to say, you know, we're going to give them planes, we'll give them everything so that they can defeat Russia. The, the interest here in defeating Russia and Ukraine, is it open checkbook time? Is it endless? Is there any, is there any point at which the people that think that we should be provided, look, Pompeo was on the show last week and he said, give them anything they want, anything they need to defeat Russia. That seems kind of extreme to me. Is this really that important to the United States? And also, how does this all look? Let's say we do go into, and I, I, I get all the emails. People say, we're already in a recession. We weren't in enough of a recession to get the Democrats crushed in the midterms, folks. So, you know, if we're in a recession, it hasn't really, it hasn't really bitten all that hard quite yet. Uh, but let's say we go into a depression or a major recession. Are we going to want to fund a hundred billion dollars a year, uh, for the war in, war in Ukraine? Is that something that people are going to want to continue to do? I, I have to say, you know, there there's not really much communication about this. And the people that say we we have an interest, it's an investment in our future. I keep hearing that. An investment in our security. I don't think whoever controls eastern Ukraine matters to me and my life. And And I'm a little bit concerned here that we just went through a couple of wars, Clay, where you weren't allowed to ever really be the one standing up and saying, hey, what are we really trying to accomplish here now? Like, what what is the actual goal? Uh, because anybody who knew anything about Afghanistan knew that it was going to end more or less the way it ended, minus the way the Biden administration did it, but that it was heading in that direction. That's been the case for 15 years. Not only that, Buck, what about the expense involved if China does decide to invade Taiwan? Because I'm sure you saw the American general over the weekend, this got a lot of attention. He had sent a memo basically to all of his troops saying, I think that China is going to invade Taiwan in 2025. Now, whether or not that ends up being true, we know that we would then, I think more so than with Russia, because I think China is a bigger threat to us than Russia is. But are we going to spend hundreds of billions of dollars also simultaneously defending Taiwan from Chinese aggression? Are we going to end up in a situation, and I can understand the argument of, well, this what's going on in Ukraine shows that we will stand in defense of Taiwan, but can we afford to do both? I, I don't hear anybody hardly asking that question, but if we're spending $100 billion plus, and it's a never-ending checkbook of essentially a ground war that is, uh, that is building its own Maginot line, it almost feels like, right, where you're just embedded there and neither side can move that much, are we going to invest tens of billions of dollars on an annuity basis for Ukraine while simultaneously potentially having to do the same thing in Taiwan? And can we afford to do both given where our budget situations are right now? I think those are real, honest, adult questions that are should be asked that are being asked by very many people. I think there's very little discussion about what the Biden administration is seeking to achieve uh, because anyone who's paying attention to Ukraine right now would say it doesn't look like we will be able to support a Ukrainian uh, breakthrough and and expulsion of Russian forces in the next year and perhaps for years. Yes. So this this thing of, oh, if we just keep giving them stuff, they'll do the fighting. Okay, five years? How how long do we... Because the Russian, the Russian Federation, as much as we were led to believe, we're going to cripple them with our sanctions. It was all lies, crap, nonsense. 
The Russian Federation is huge, has a lot of people, and is not going to stop. So, I, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe maybe the Biden administration, the people that are involved in this calling the shots, they're not very smart on anything else. Why would I assume they're smart on this? I always approach it from that perspective. I think, I think it's, it's a fantastic question. And again, in the context of what might happen in Taiwan and in, in, in the wake of what this American general is saying, are we able to have effectively a two-fronted war? Maybe we're going to be directly involved in Taiwan, and that's going to be different. But it seems like a huge mess, and it certainly is a massive expenditure that doesn't appear to be ending anytime soon. I want to bring your attention to something else. I'm here today because my mother chose life. You're here today because your mother chose life. The miracle of life is a gift that every baby deserves because every life is precious. That's why I've partnered with pre-born pregnancy clinics to help rescue the lives of tens of thousands of babies. Preborn introduces babies to their mothers through ultrasound. After hearing the heartbeat and seeing her beautiful baby, she is twice as likely to choose life. Through love, compassion, and free ultrasounds, Preborn has rescued over 200,000 babies, and every day their clinics save 150 babies' lives. Now that's a miracle. One ultrasound is just $28, the cost of a meal out. Could you make that kind of contri- uh, contribution today to Preborn? Please consider it. Or if you have the, the funds, you could sponsor five ultrasounds for $140 to help rescue five babies' lives. Any amount will help, whatever you can spare. And remember, all gifts are tax deductible, and 100% of your donation will go to saving babies' lives. To donate securely, use your cell phone and dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, say baby, or go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com slash buck, preborn.com slash B-U-C-K. Get to know the guys outside the issues. Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck, a new podcast. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Second hour of Clay and Buck starts right now, everybody. Thanks for being here with us. I said we'd talk about migrants and the border and also migrants in New York City here in a second, and we certainly will. Um, The northern border, though, we usually think of the southern border. Do you see this, Clay? The northern border has had a 700-plus percent spike in migrants trying to cross. So between uh, October 1st and December 31st of last year, the Border Patrol covering Vermont and New Hampshire. You don't often think of that as a Border Patrol sector, but it is one. They have even seen a 7x surge. Now, the numbers are far smaller uh, than what you're dealing with at the U.S.-Mexico border, obviously. Uh, you're looking more more along the lines of the hundreds instead of the, the thousands or, or, or hundreds of thousands that, that have been crossing. But it's interesting just to see that it's now from, from both sides you have an illegal immigration relative surge. It's enormous at our southern border by any standard, but as a uh, as a percentage, a dramatic increase because people realize that the Biden administration is not going to do anything about about any of this. So, yeah, there's a there's a story, Buck, to speak of this. Do you know how many Russians have come across our southern border? A bunch. Thirty five thousand uh, Russians have traveled to the southern border because I and I know this because there was a story in uh, it's interesting you mentioned the northern border there was a story in the New York Times Sunday edition about two Russians who came in through Alaska they went to uh the one of the small island outposts of the United States they fled from Russia uh and have claimed asylum but the story was about the number of Russians who have entered into the country and claimed asylum because of the war that's going on and the New York Times number I believe 35,000 coming across the southern border which was a staggering number to me. I know we've talked about how many different countries people are coming to Mexico and just deciding to walk across the southern border and claim asylum. 35,000 Russians was a jaw-dropping number to me and they just fly to Mexico basically and then walk right across the border. Since we're talking jaw-dropping numbers Five million immigrants, illegal immigrants, 
have entered the United States since January of 2021 when Joe Biden took over. Five yeah, million. Five million in two years. Okay. So as we're looking at the data now, we're looking at the numbers. How, how much more open could the border be? And you'll, you'll notice the Biden administration doesn't feel any urgency on this issue, uh, isn't going to do anything other than every time they say they're going to surge resources, particularly at our southern border, every time uh, they claim that they're paying attention to it, it's just to add processing so that people can be more uh, easily and readily let into the United States. Think about it this way, everyone. They're all saying, Clay, that they're asylum seekers. This is how they gain. This is the giant gaping hole in our system that has been exploited. And it's really, it's really immoral. I mean, I will say that this, uh, this idea that you can lie about being persecuted from your home country so you can skip to the front of the immigration line. There are people for whom getting asylum is a life and death issue. These are not individuals. 99% of them, more than that are not actually asylum seekers. And the data bears all this out. The actual numbers about who, about who's going to get asylum, you know, maybe maybe one in 10 will get some form of, of, of status given to them. And that's probably high. But, Clay, you have to wonder, at what point does the Biden administration recognize that this is this is unsustainable if we're going to pretend to even have a border? Why, why even go through the motions? Buck, and, and I'm glad you brought up that five million number, because I was thinking about this the other day. You think about numbers, and sometimes you don't contextualize them. And I know I do this sometimes, too. Let me give you a context for what 5 million means in a way that I think a lot of people out there could understand. Basically, since Joe Biden became president, the entire state of South Carolina, we have added in population. So if you have ever been to the state of South Carolina, about 5.2 million people, every single person in South Carolina right now is how many people walked across the border. Uh, Alabama, 5 million people. More people have come into this country illegally under Joe Biden than live in Louisiana, Kentucky, Oregon, Oklahoma, Connecticut, Utah, Iowa, a lot more, Nevada, Arkansas, Mississippi. I mean, think about when you talk about 5 million people, you're talking about the entire state of Alabama or South Carolina and populations that are more substantial than over basically half of the populations in the United States right now. And, that, and that's crazy to think about. This is all on the premise. Because what, what the activists and, and the, you know, the left wing will say is they're allowed to be here. They're, they're seeking legal status through the asylum system. How long does anyone think it would take to process millions of asylum claims in any sort of real way, meaning you're going to uh, figure out who this person is, have them prove their story, um, you know, give them their, their day in court, uh, over asylum. The way the, uh, increasingly, I think the way the Biden administration is going to push for amnesty is a backdoor amnesty where they're just going to try to make it so that they, what's going on at the border is the credible fear test that Border Patrol and Immigration and Customs Enforcement do, where you have to say very, very minimal things to be, oh, I'm now seeking defensive asylum in the U.S. They've decided that they're not going to detain people, which is against the law, by the way, but they don't care, and they let them into the country. Clay, if they make it super easy to effectively get a rubber stamp asylum claim done, that's a that's a test. That's a switch that they could have just from the system without necessarily getting any change in legislation. I think that's something they're hoping to accomplish because the Republicans in the House, I don't believe, will go along with a mass le- mass amnesty through legislation. So they're they've exploited the holes in the system to let them in, to let them all stay indefinitely. I think they're going to do the same thing. Obama administration essentially did a version of this, but they weren't doing it through the immigration courts. They were doing it by just they were going to hand out IDs and work visas to everybody who was coming in, who was the family member of a DACA recipient. I think it was it was it was DACA and DAPA deferred action for childhood arrivals, deferred action for the parents of arrivals. It was going to be like seven million people, something like that. They were just going to give up. So this is what we're heading toward. Five million people. How could you even process that if you wanted to? I just think, again, to contextualize over half of American states 
have a population that is smaller than that number, basically. So if you think about it from an Alabama or South Carolina perspective, and remember, it's going to grow. It'll move into, during this Biden administration next two years, it will move into, you know, probably a top 10, top 12, top 14 state population where wherever you're listening to us right now, during Joe Biden's tenure, your state population, there's a good chance around 25 states have 5 million people, 5.2 million people or fewer. That contextualizes it. And, you know, a state like Wyoming, Buck, has 600,000 people. So you basically have had 10 Wyomings enter since uh, Joe Biden became president. And and if you're wondering, uh, you know, the remember the old the old storyline we used to hear about illegal immigrants was always they do the jobs Americans won't do. They contribute to the economy. They're going to save Social Security. These are all these are all the old Democrat talking points. Meanwhile, you speak to Eric Adams or any large city mayor right now with the influx of migrants they have. And what do they all say? We can't afford this. We can't afford to pay for the housing, the food, effectively the room and board of these diff- of these these migrant groups and so that's why we mentioned this in the last hour in in hell's kitchen new york city uh they have um, a hotel where there are migrants who have been housed and they are refusing this is on west 57th street the watson hotel the migrants were told clay they should move to the brooklyn cruise ship terminal where they've set up a facility for migrants and they're protesting outside the hotel where they're staying at taxpayer expense saying, no, nah, we like the four-star hotel. I think we're going to stay here. We don't want to go to the other place. That's I'm just that this is the mentality, everybody. This is what's going on. And well, you are paying for it. If you wonder why people are coming, imagine that you are living incredibly poor in Latin America and one of your friends or family members texts you and says, hey, I'm in New York City now, right off Times Square, in a four-star hotel. I got cable. I got uh, you know heating, air, great bathroom. This is how rich the United States is. They're just putting us up in hotels that are probably nicer than almost any hotels that exist in many of the countries where these guys are coming from. Do you think that's going to persuade you that you shouldn't come? Or are you going to be like, this is amazing? And remember, they also probably got a free bus ride to New York City from Texas, too, right? On top of everything else, you came across illegally, and you say, okay, where would you like to go? And you're like, New York City, and and you get popped on a bus. Next thing you know, you're in New York City staying in a four-star hotel. Again, I I, I just question how many people in our our listening audience have ever gotten to stay in a four-star hotel in, in Manhattan, much less our taxpayers paying for it. It's crazy. I'm an American citizen, and if I showed up to a four-star hotel, and I've been paying taxes for a long time, haven't gotten very much for it, uh, if, if I showed up at a four-star hotel and said, I pl- I'm i going to stay here for free and have people bring me food for free, and I get to do whatever I want, and this is now my home, uh, I assume hotel management would call the police and I would be arrested, right? Like That, that would just be my, my assumption. Yeah. Now, I know they've been told by the government authorities that they can stay here, but now they're being told you got to go, and they're saying no, no, we're we're going to actually try to just stay here uh, at taxpayer expense. It's hundreds of millions of dollars. Everybody, can I also just put that out there? This is not a small amount of money that the city of New York is spending to house these migrants, and this is why it was only that one time. But when the migrants were were dropped off in Martha's Vineyard, Martha's Vineyard Lost was its mind, ex- yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Nantucket. Oh my gosh, the Vineyard people are like, how dare you? It was Nantucket, wasn't it? I think it was Martha's Vineyard. Oh no, it was the Vineyard. I think it was you're the right vineyard. the first time. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So when they were dropped off on one of those fancy islands, um, it was it showed you what's really going on. It 50, showed you fifty people is all it took. Um. Yeah. That's that's all it took. It's it's amazing that this is what ended up happening. So I it, I, I, I I just I can't get over Buck. I mean, I, again, for anybody out there who's who's listening to us. Four-star hotel in the heart of Manhattan, your taxpayer dollars are going to put illegal immigrants in four-star hotels in the heart of Manhattan. And I just, what percentage of you listening to us right now could afford to go on a vacation right now and stay in a four-star hotel in the heart of Manhattan? 
bet not a huge percentage, right? Take your whole family, travel there. You'd have to pay for all of it. Illegal immigrants are doing it on your taxpayer dollars. It's I just, just want to know staggering. what's the and, and what is the uh, expect. These, these are people who are really not supposed to be in the country at all. Yes. And and can they live in this? Can they live in a taxpayer expense for two years, for five years? You know, how, how long do they get they put up in this hotel for? How it's long are question. taxpayers on the hook for this? It's and amazing it what the Democrats end? are doing. They're protesting because they don't want it to end. But think about what the incentive structure you are sending for people in poor countries who hear that this is what happens when you come to America. Wouldn't you travel if you had an awful existence in a Latin American country and you heard you could stay in a four-star hotel in New York City? I mean, yeah. the incentive structure is completely I, broken. I, I, if I were a New Yorker who had been evicted from my house or you know my home in the last six months, I would be really, really angry. Because, you yeah. know, you didn't pay the bank, so you have to go. But other people are getting free housing, a taxpayer. For what? On what basis? They're not even supposed to be in the country. Yeah. It's a great question. Internet security continues to be an issue. Do you know if you're a T-Mobile subscriber, they lost and had hacked 37 million customer datas. All out there, right after the new year, cyber hackers gaining basically all the data they could want from T-Mobile. 37 million people. That can be exploited. Cyber hackers can use this information to commit online identity theft. And how would you know if your online info is included here? Well, one way you can know is thanks to LifeLock. They will help to ensure that if your information is out there on the Internet, if they see unusual activity in your name and you're a LifeLock customer like we are, you'll get an alert. Now, it's also important to understand, this is uh, an incredible issue. Cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives everywhere. And if you become an, a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based LifeLock restoration specialist will work with you to f- fix it. But remember, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But it's easy to help protect yourself with LifeLock. Identity theft protection, in fact, starts right here. Join now and you can save up to 25% off your first year with the promo code CLAY at LifeLock.com. You can also call 1-800-LIFELOCK. Either way, use my name, Clay, C-L-A-Y, to get that 25% discount. LifeLock.com. Use my name, Clay, 1-800-LIFELOCK. Don't miss a day of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that, free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fees, just a Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and a top-tier data security system. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk will connect you to the most dependable 5G network in America, for half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. The average size family saves almost $1,000 a year. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com slash buck and claim your eligibility for your free, brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. 
Again, go to puretalk.com slash buck to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Welcome in. Hour number three, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show, Monday edition. Hope all of you had fantastic weekends. Big week. Buck Sexton is going to get married on Saturday. It's kind of a big deal. And uh, congratulations to Buck in advance. You will be, as a result, on your honeymoon during the Super Bowl, which will be played between the Eagles and the Chiefs. Congratulations to people out there who are Eagles fans and Chiefs fans. I just want to say, Clay, even if I have to, like the smart guy from Gilligan's Island, find some wire and coconuts on the island I'll be in in the Pacific... I'll watch that Super Bowl somehow. Do you think they will show the Super Bowl where you are going to be? Like, do you think, let's presume that, I don't even know what the time zone difference is, but let's presume you were a diehard sports fan. Do you think you'd be, you're going to be in Bora Bora? I don't know, how big is Bora Bora? Did I just, like, there's like 100 people there, and I gave, I have no idea how big this island that you're going to be on is. I mean, I was just going to leave it South Pacific because that's a large area, Clay. But anyway, <laughs> it's a small I don't think island. It's very, I, I think that there has to be thousands uh, and thousands of people on uh, on holiday, on vacation, whatever out there. Do you think you could find it? Do you think it airs on that island in the South Pacific? Yeah, I, I would. I would think so. I would think so. Look, I'm still reeling from the knowledge that my beloved Cincinnati Bengals failed to pull it out last night. Now that you just told me this, it's very sad for me. Lots of officiating controversies built into this, but that ties in very well with the audio that I want to play you. All right, so Cincinnati has a young mayor, and I don't even know exactly. Let me see if I can get his name right. Um, he's only been in office for a short period of time, um, and he's his name is Aftab Purival. I might have gotten that wrong. I believe he's of South Asian descent. Uh, Aftab Purival, relatively young guy, around 40 years old, uh, is only recently elected as mayor. Okay, Buck, he is under a tremendous amount of fire right now because he delivered... You know, it's not uncommon for politicians. For instance, I saw our friends J.D. Vance and Josh Hawley, senator from Ohio, senator from uh, uh, from Missouri. I think also Roger Marshall, senator from Kansas, got involved. Kansas City Chiefs versus Cincinnati Bengals. I think they bet barbecue or something along those lines. Not uncommon for politicians to make wagers with mayors, governors, anything else like that. I have never heard this level of trash talk. This was an official statement put out by Cincinnati's mayor before the game, Buck. You haven't heard this at all. I don't know how many of you heard this, but he is under immense fire because the Bengals go on to lose and... They actually took the mayor's trash talk to heart. Listen to this. I have a proclamation from the desk of the mayor. Be it proclaimed, whereas the Cincinnati Bengals are headed to Burrowhead Stadium for their second consecutive AFC championship game. Whereas at last year's game, the Bengals scored more points than the Chiefs, resulting in a Bengals victory and a Chiefs loss. Whereas Joseph Lee Burrow, who's 3-0 against Mahomes, has been asked by officials to take a paternity test confirming whether or not he's his father. Whereas all all season long, Cincinnati has been on a path of destiny, fighting it out to overcome anyone who stands between them and a Super Bowl win. And whereas Kansas City 
is named after its neighboring state, which is, you know, just kind of weird. Now, therefore, I, Aftab Kirval, mayor of the city of Cincinnati, do hereby proclaim January 29th, 2023, as they got to play us day in Cincinnati. Okay, Buck, I don't know how much of that you picked up on. For people out there who may not, he called it Burrowhead Stadium. All right, Arrowhead Stadium is the name of the stadium in Kansas City. And Joseph, Joe Burrow is the quarterback. So that's pretty heavy uh, level of, of a trash talk. He also said the paternity test line, whether the Cincinnati Bengals quarterback needed to uh, be, uh, you know, the, the test to see whether or not he was Patrick Mahomes' father. Now, immediately after the game, Travis Kelsey, who is a star tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs, had a very good game as he always did, does, called out the Cincinnati mayor on the stage. Listen to this. God, man. <laughs> Woo! Burrowhead my ass! Woo! It's Mahomes' house! All right, he also said, and maybe we can grab the other audio, he called out the mayor and told him to stay in his lane and called him a jabroni. Uh, the crowd went crazy. <laughs> this is now, we need to grab that one too. It's on my Twitter feed if the crew can grab it. Is Cincinnati's mayor in political peril now? Over, because everybody's saying that his trash talk helped to motivate. And I think if you hear this Travis Kelsey audio, it clearly did. Like they all knew what he had said. He calls out the mayor specifically during the celebration. I actually think that the city of Cincinnati is so Bengals crazy. I actually think the mayor is in some political peril here over trying to trash talk and doing such a bad job of it. I don't know that I've ever heard a politician trash talk like that before I, I, I agree I, I, I'm telling that you that may isn't be a common. first um yeah I, I is there are people upset about this is oh. that where this is is there oh, a lot of controversy over the let me guess the, the the paternity line got him into is that is that what got him into trouble oh, What's I, getting I don't him think into... I, I don't think it's so much like the politically incorrect nature of anything that he said because I again it was just kind of trash talk it was the fact that he basically, you know, it's like you poke a tiger, right? Like that they're already, ironically, I guess, since they're the Bengals, they're all, you're going into a tough environment already. You never want to say like, oh, the stadium's overrated. The fans are overrated. The quarterback's overrated. It's a big game. Like everybody wants to win. If you want to talk a little bit of trash after you win, maybe. And it was a close to hard fought game, went down to basically the final play, but in the immediate aftermath, and we need to, I need to play the Travis Kelsey uh, audio for you, which is on uh, my Twitter feed. But as they are handing him the championship trophy for the AFC, he goes full WWE, old school WWF wrestling heel promo. Um, and like the, if you checked, he, the mayor was trending last night, which is never a good sign for the mayor of a city. And I went in just to go read the mentions. And it was all Bengals fans just eviscerating him. So I oh, actually so they're bla- think, they're like blaming oh, yeah. him for the loss as well. Yeah, they're is- like, you idiot! Why did you do such a ridiculous viral trash talk proclamation? You know, it's one thing if you're like, hey, I'll bet you. I mean, come I, on! I, I, like, I, do adults really need to be told that it doesn't matter what the mayor says? I that actually, these are professional here's athletes? my argument. I think the mayor's statement did motivate the Chiefs more than they otherwise would have been. And so I have, I, do we have this audio now here? Cut 27. Here's what happened in the immediate aftermath. If I'm running against this mayor in Cincinnati, Buck, this is in my first advertisement. Listen. Wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. You gotta fight for your now, granted, Travis Kelsey is not exactly an esteemed, uh, uh, you know, debate participant here, but I actually think that this mayor is going to bear some uh, electoral blame over this. People well, are furious; he, they want is somebody he, to he blame. up for reelection. A couple of years, I, th- I don't know. Yeah. I'm not an expert in the Cincinnati mayoral politics. He's not. A, no one's going to remember. I think he that he might, talk- if my team lost a close game, and our idiot mayor, and we do have an idiot mayor here in Nashville. I would not put it past him. If our idiot mayor did something that I thought made it more likely that he would that that my team lost, I would not vote for him. I th- I I'm not even kidding about this. I think he's going to have electoral significance for uh, for this guy in Cincinnati. I I have more faith in the voters in Cincinnati. Year, 
than for them to care about the trash talking of the mayor. But if you're again, in Cincinnati and you agree with me, or Buck, 800-282-2882, we can have some fun with this. Um, so I've never heard – have you ever heard anything like that? You are a casual fan at best of things like this. Have you ever yes. heard a mayor say anything that aggressive? No. I do remember back when I used to watch uh, the NBA – that there were very because if you were a Knicks, a long-suffering Knicks fan, uh, you had many close calls where they got you know the Eastern Conference Finals, the loss to the Pacers, or something like that, and they should have won. They never won a championship. But I remember that there were people who were blaming Spike Lee for uh, getting up in Reggie oh, Miller's yeah. face. Totally. And but now that I could see because that's. Face to face on the court because Spike Lee was co- always sitting courtside, and people said that he antagonizing Reggie Miller got Reggie Miller, who at that point was one of the best three point shooters of all time, got him in the zone, and the Knicks lost. You know, I, think, I do remember I think there was that, cup, but he wasn't true. the mayor. I think that's hundred percent true. I think Spike Lee might have cost the Knicks a finals, uh, a, you know, opportunity appearance. Yeah, uh, in that uh, in that series, because if I remember correctly, the Pacers advanced and played against the Bulls instead. Yeah, that was a tough one in Game Seven when your Knicks lost to the Houston Rockets back in the day. Yeah, and I do remember. Wasn't there a guy? Was it the the Cubs? Now we're sorry, folks. We're t- oh, my Steve sports Bartman. knowledge. What what? Steve Bartman. Reached out and kept the yes. ball from being caught. Yes. Wow, you know the name of the guy, right? Oh, oh I mean, he's 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 an iconic. But now the Cubs have won a World Series since, so I think it lessened some of the uh, the sting of that uh, defeat. But he reached out in a game against the Florida Marlins. My, I, I think they're the Miami Marlins now. I can barely keep up, but um, but yeah, he reached. I don't remember which one they were at the time, but he reached out over the field after a foul ball, and he basically has gone into hiding. I mean, the reason why that guy's kind of famous is he's never done an interview. He vanished from, like, basically being able to be tracked anywhere. This is in a pre-social media era. Because I think that was, if I remember correctly, like, 02 or 03. Um, and I don't think he's ever spoken publicly in 20 years since that actually ended up happening. Because he became the villain of why the Cubs lost in that postseason. Because so they made that catch in theory they would have uh, they would have gone on and uh, and won a championship, in theory. But yeah, you're right. There occasionally that does happen that the fan becomes sort of an iconic part of the overall lore of the of the of the team. But the Cubs have gone on and won a championship since. So who, who's so, going to Mr. Clay Travis? Who's going to win this Super Bowl that my beloved Kansas City Chiefs are in? Well, first, I'm excited to be out in Phoenix again uh, starting next week, which is one of the markets we're number one overall in. So weather should be good. I'm already checking. Uh, I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Patrick Mahomes will win a second Super Bowl. Um, and I can't wait to be out there. City of the uh, Valley of the Sun should be a lot of uh, a lot of fun. All righty. Save yourself some money this year and move your cell phone service over to Pure Talk, which is the company that I rely on every day. Pure Talk has cell phone service just as good as whatever you might get from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. And that's because Pure Talk uses the same networks and cell phone towers, giving you great nationwide 5G service. But Pure Talk does it for much less, just $30 a month. And when you switch over to, say, $50 or $60 a month, you'll be signing on with a veteran-owned company that employs a U.S.-based customer service team. Get fast data, talk, and text for just 30 bucks a month. Keep your phone, keep your number, and switch over in as little as 10 minutes. Plus, Pure Talk has a first-month risk-free guarantee. Try it, and if you're not completely happy with your Pure Talk service, you'll get your money back. Dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck, you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Helping you separate truth from fiction. Every single weekday, the Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton Show. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation made a promise to ensure we never forget. 
Since then, Tone the Towers has been committed to supporting America's heroes and their families. Heroes like U.S. Army Specialist Michael Hook. Hook was killed in Iraq when his helicopter was shot down. He enlisted in the military after graduating high school and left behind a pregnant fiancé who gave birth to a son that he would never meet. But thanks to the generosity of friends like you, Tunnel to Towers paid off the mortgage on his family's home, relieving a financial burden and bringing stability. The foundation helps Gold Star and fallen first responder families, as well as our nation's most severely injured heroes and homeless veterans. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. America's heroes are counting on you. 95 cents of every dollar you give goes directly to its programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices our heroes have made for us. Looking for a better solution to keep your firearms in high-performance condition? Visit RiptideArmory.com for the most advanced proprietary gun cleaning formula on the market. Right now, get up to $40 off any cleaning kit for a limited time on RiptideArmory.com and take advantage of this amazing deal today. Riptide's two-step cleaning kit offers state-of-the-art technology and guaranteed satisfaction. Riptide Armory is a veteran-founded business, and you can trust that all chemicals are American-made and quality-tested. Shop RiptideArmory.com.